An extraterrestrial attacks South London. It's not alien. It's inner city versus outer space in Attack the Block. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of monster podcasting airwaves. This week, as we said, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing Attack the Block, Alex. A movie we have both already seen, so this is our second time watching it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, I love seeing how my opinion changes over time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we both said last week that... We wanted to watch our two versus three matchup was Annihilation versus Attack the Block. We both wanted Annihilation. We did. We did. <laughs> so I thought that was going to shape my viewing experience. I don't think it did. We'll, we'll talk more about it here in a little bit. That's but good. Attack the Block won both the Twitter poll and the Patreon poll, Alex, with about 60% in the Twitter poll and even a little bit more in the Patreon poll. So... Uh, a little bit of an upset. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I see. I, whenever I think of the attack, the block, I think no one has seen it. I think like every, I think a lot of people have seen really? it. Because see, I'm like I'm like Annihilation's the one that I saw commercials for. Who, who saw yeah. a commercial for Attack the Block? But who? No, no one did. But it's it's had a cult following for the last ten years. It's been around for ten years. Annihilation's guess, been around for yeah. two or three. I guess and you're right. It, even though it's a monster movie, it's like a, a you haven't seen it. Why haven't you? Because it's like kind of like a pretentious, like slower mm. type of monster movie, you know. Well, so I, like, just, I never even saw like a full trailer for it, honestly. Yeah, either. Right. Like I, mm, hmm. it's yeah. You need you should watch it sometime. But I'm I'm ultimately I'm okay with Attack the Block. I'm okay with any of these films winning. Honestly, we're <laughs> it's all good with me. Next week. We have an interesting matchup again, Alex. Um, oh, yeah. This is a good one. <laughs> we've got our two seed, The Meg, versus our three seed, Underwater, which we've seen. So I, I guess I'm pulling for The Meg because I'm I just pulling, want to see something yeah, different. I'm pulling for The Meg. I've seen Underwater three times. I've seen The Meg <laughs> once. So. You've seen it three times. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in theaters. I watched it for Kaiju Weekly. Uh-huh. And then I watched it another time. Oh, that's when it fun. came out. I think when it... Mm, I don't know. I, I think you watched time. it like twice when we when we did uh, Kaiju Weekly. Man. You could probably right. just do the episode oh, without right. watching it again. Yeah, I watched yeah. it twice for Kaiju Weekly. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so for for that one, I, I hope it's the Meg. And I also want to say, like, we record these a couple weeks ahead of time, so we really don't know what's coming up. Um, by the time that this airs, it's already been decided. And if you're curious, if you're like someone who likes to watch the movies before the episodes are released, you can always go like a couple days, you know, before the episode is going to be released, whatever you're uh, picking up this episode, you can always go to uh, our website, nvmpod.com. And underneath the the header, you'll see the upcoming episode. And I always post the upcoming episode and you'll oh. see whatever the title is there. So if you're, if you're curious what's coming up, mvmpod.com will let you know what the next week's movie is going to be. I didn't even think about that being an issue for our listeners. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so mm. use, use that website, mvmpod.com. It actually, it might, if, if more people visit it, it might help uh, our traffic to that website, Alex. Ooh, that'd be good. <laughs> 
But let's get into Attack the Block, shall we? Yeah. All right. Before Star Wars and Doctor Who, John Boyega and Jodie Whittaker starred in Joe Cornish's Attack the Block. In short, a group of dog ape motherflippers attack a group of urban teens that are also threatened by police and drug dealers. Now, to start this off, Alex, does Attack the Block remind you of any other movie we've seen or any movie that you've seen? Does it have any familiarity to you? Yeah. It's uh, West Side Story meets Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> No, but 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 really though, it it has a lot of a uh, it does have a lot of elements of other movies. But what is really impressive is that it does have those elements, and it still manages that carve out a really unique personality. Because mm. a the characters, b the setting, and c the unique look of the aliens. Yeah, the film has a lot of personality, like just from stem to stern. I I really like what it's got going on now. I like a lot of what it's trying to say, but much more importantly, I love the soundtrack. <laughs> like the soundtrack's great. I don't even think it has a lot of tracks. Uh-huh. And it certainly uses like the same bass line over and over during some of the quieter moments, but it provides the film with so much energy that even things get quality wise, maybe even a little iffy, it still manages to push through. Mm. Yeah, honestly, like the music, I do think is engaging. I don't know if it's more important than the, than the uh, no, what it it's is. trying to say. It <laughs> <is>. <laughs> so this reminds me of the Warriors meets Hook meets Alien, right? Um, it's some sort of weird combination of of those sorts of movies. I know you don't love the Warriors, but Hook, <laughs> but it gives it has that sort of vibe to it. Now I watched this film. <laughs> <laughs> you know Hook. <laughs> I do know Hook. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I watched this film around 2012, and I believe I remember liking it. Um, I, I didn't necessarily love it, but I remember liking it. Uh, and because I also we we talked about I we wanted to watch Annihilation over this one. I, I was a bit hesitant about this viewing, but I am pleased to say that I'm actually surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I see it from a different perspective now, to be honest. You know, in 2012, when I first saw this, I really had limited experience working with teens, especially working with teens from an inner city background like our heroes in this film. Now, 10 years after that and working 10 years in urban public education, I can tell you that I appreciate the humanity that Cornish gives each of these kids. Um, One of my favorite moments in the film is when they're all running out to face the aliens. They're all going to go beat them up if they, after they've seen them uh, land, you know. And they all stop by their individual <laughs> apartments one by one. And we get these little character building and world building yes. moments for each member of their little group. They each have different responsibilities, different living conditions, different parental involvement. And of course, we don't yet get to see inside Moses' apartment. Did you did you uh, like any of these characters? Did any of them stand out to you? Did, did, were they given enough time to develop? In your yeah, opinion, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, like the, I think the entire crew plus Sam were pretty well realized. I mean, oh yeah, all of the characters are still memorable to me, even if I'm already forgetting their names. I still remember what they look like, oh, like yeah. their personalities, that type of thing. They all get their time to shine, and at least like one humorous moment or maybe like a line. Yeah. And that being said, though, and this is something we talked about last week on NBM Plus uh, regarding sympathetic characters. I like the moments we get regarding, like you said, all of them going to their apartments. It really gives them that human element that really brings down how it really shows how young they are. 
right? However, I don't really feel sympathetic for a lot of them. Um, I think it's because it starts with them mugging a woman at knife point. Kind of makes me care a little bit less for them and what happens to them afterwards. It's quite a barrier uh, for them to do something like that to somebody. But the film kind of clears the barrier for me. Um, I mean, the characters aside from Moses are goofy and funny. And I can't believe they killed Jerome and Dennis (laughs) in such a brutal fashion, too. Which made me sympathetic for them because they, you know, they are so young. But it also makes it harder because they still keep justifying mugging Sam. Like, even after they recruit her, they're hanging out with their friends and they're, or they're, they go to the, the girls' apartment. I can't remember their names. Mm-hmm. But they go there and they're still justifying the mugging. Even though the girls are like clearly like, come on, like you're better than that. And I'm, so I'm, I'm, it's a little harder for me to be sympathetic. So I can't feel as bad, but I get this code from them that I do kind of like, like you know, we wouldn't have done it. Like they wouldn't have done it if they had known that she lived there. Yeah. Uh, which I do kind of appreciate. And also, you know, I do get that they, that they're young yeah. and Moses I like, is probably the oldest. He's 15. Yeah. And the illustrations of how young they are is really what makes me appreciate them and care for them more. It's like you said, we find out how young he is was gives him, a little credibility or a little more leeway. But the problem is, is we don't find out how young he is until the end of the film. So the whole film, I'm like, not really quite feeling too bad for you. Cause you just mug somebody with a knife. But at the end, when you find out how young they are and you know, a little bit at the beginning when they go into the houses, it's clear that they're not even 18 from the beginning, but how yeah. young, it is so it sounds like the film actually did its job for you, right? Kind like, you of, but the problem is, is they made me care after two characters had already been killed, right? Uh, his, his 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 guilt also helped with that, though. Like when you, we see that in those interactions between him and Sam reconciling, they're they're cool now. Um, I really like those moments that helped build it. But again, like yes, I liked. Um, what was his name? Uh, I, I liked Dennis. Yeah. But I didn't quite feel as bad. I felt bad for him because he was funny and he got his head ripped off. But I'm also like, yeah, you mug somebody. like, And you justified it just five minutes ago. Well, Dennis was the least sympathetic of the characters, which actually... Actually, I really like Dennis because uh, he's the one that had the dog die and he like he goes off to fight for his dog. <laughs> yeah, but he was, the, he was the least like apologetic and sympathetic towards mugging. Right. It, it, well, uh, even Jerome, he seems like he is, but then he like he doubles down again. Uh, yeah, but that's that's like, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I know. I don't. I, know, feel, I don't feel necessarily they're sympathy kids, but again, for like, them. But like, there's there's empathy there. Like, it, there's a difference between uh, like justifying right and kind of explaining and like asking a kid to kind of like balance these two. I think it's it's a weird sort of position to put them in to be the moral voice of the story and i don't necessarily think they are the moral voice i think ultimately at the end they realize they shouldn't have mugged this woman right they shouldn't have i think that's that's pretty clear i mean i Uh, think they regret killing the alien more than they do mugging the woman but because of what came after yeah i I would (laughs) agree 
Because um, of the consequence of their actions. Look, I, I actually didn't have any problems sympathizing or empathizing with the characters. The one issue I did have with the film was that I, I just think it's a little bit on the nose in some of its political moments. Like, it's a political film in its own right when you have these characters in this place together. Simple as that, right? It takes away from the authenticity a bit. When we get a moment like uh, Moses hanging on by the Brit- British flag at the end, or <laughs> the comment that uh, Pest makes towards Sam about her boyfriend who is helping out with the Red Cross, or mm. when Moses states that you know the aliens must have been set here like drugs and guns. I'm not denying the possibility and reality of these issues being true. But when you state them so directly, it takes away from the allegorical element of the aliens, right? You don't need mm-hmm. to point a finger at these issues and say these are like that. When you do, then it just kind of loses a little bit of its meaning. And just uh, like you can't quite – it just takes a little bit away from me, right? Yeah. Um, what I did love, though, was the empathy built for the humans, even the antagonists like hi-hats. Like you didn't talk about a non-sympathetic character. You're like – Oh, of course you're not sympathetic towards hi-hats. No one should be sympathetic or empathetic towards hi-hats. But here's what's interesting. There's never really any judgment towards hi-hats from the crew of boys that we no. see from these teens. And as far as their motivations are concerned, you know. Well, and they also, and, I mean, they also looked up to him at the beginning yeah, until yeah. things went wrong. And in fact, even when he's after them, trying to kill them, Jerome at one point <laughs> says he understands how hi-hats is feeling because they both had friends eaten by those aliens, right? Yeah, I like it's that like, moment. Yeah, that is, That's really cool. It's something that I couldn't do, but yet he's like being empathetic towards us and trying to like explain why he's doing what he's doing. It doesn't necessarily make <laughs> sense, right? But like we're not in that position. You know, we, we, we haven't grown up how he's grown up. So yeah. it, it's interesting position that he states and it's an interesting way to build empathy for a character that really as an audience we don't have much sympathy or empathy for at all yeah not at all and i'm pretty much right there with you with all of that like you know overall regarding the ending like the very ending i think the politics of this landed with the subtlety and elegance of a wet fart like i'm 100 with you though like i think any messaging is lost Really, or or at least very hurt by the ham fistedness of some of the comments and stuff that are being laid out. Like like you said, like the subtlety, and it's really I find for me the movies where I have to find the meaning and I dig into it myself are the ones I extract meaning way more out of when I'm fed it. Just really, just blatantly shown to me, I dismiss it. It's immediately forgotten at the end of the movie. Yeah. So. I'm with you. Like I, I really think that these things should have been left a little more subtle. And it's like you said, this was political enough already. They had really awesome statements in place, but they really decided to ham it in towards the end. And you're also right about the portrayal of hi hats. Actually, like you never really, he's never really like quite that bad of a guy. He's a bad guy, but he's not. That bad of a guy. Like you feel for him like when his friend gets killed, even though he was about to kill some kids for just running into his car. <laughs> right? Like it, it, it you is. You only kill for him because the kids care for him. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. And you know, the, and everyone here is just doing well, not everyone. 
some people here are just doing what they think they need to do to get by. Namely, Moses and Hi-Hats, probably. I don't think the other kids needed to mug anybody. Moses has a real... There's a real chance that Moses needed to be doing what he was doing. Maybe. Now, <laughs> because we, because his uncle is gone, and yeah. he alludes that he's gone for a long time. How yeah. long is he actually gone? Is he actually paying any bills? Mm. Like, is he really even there? We don't we don't know. I actually like the very end of the film where it's not there's not like a clear cut answer as to what's going to happen to Moses. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, I actually think that's fine. Um, Yeah, I think a film overall has a lot going for it. And I really liked at the heart of the film that we did have Moses. Uh, And I think it's an interesting story arc. He has a mystery about his character from the beginning. You mentioned his uncle being gone, which is a part of it. But I like how his first reaction, when he's attacked by the alien, his first reaction is that he's going to hunt down and kill the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this comes back to haunt him, of course. There are real consequences to his action. But where does that reaction even come from? Well, it comes from this place of wanting to show out in order to gain respect, in order to gain love. Right. And he wants to gain this respect and love because maybe there is that lack of love and respect at home, which we do see later on. As you mentioned, he's basically raising himself. Also, side note, there's no real judgment about his uncle. We don't know what his uncle's doing or where he's at, but that's just a whole other situation. We never get into that point. Right. Um, but there's that moment when his friends almost turn their back on Moses because they say he brings trouble wherever he goes. And you can just see on Moses' face, like he has a tear. Jahuya has a tear running down his face at one point. Mm-hmm. That this is definitely a deep-seated insecurity that he has. Like he has heard this line of dialogue before, mm-hmm. right? Trouble goes with you wherever you go. And of course, at the end, when he um, is put in the van, he hears his name chanted after saving the day. And he gets that sort of validation, that respect, that he, what he would think is love at the end. Now we can debate whether or not that's a good message <laughs> to end on yeah, it, because I'm not sure external validation is the best mm, value to strive for. Yeah. But overall, I like that he receives his validation from being the sacrificial hero versus receiving validation from just being the toughest guy on the block, right? Mm. There's definitely an arc there to his character. And I think ultimately you said, yeah, none of these characters might've had a reason to do what they did, except for Moses. Moses was the most extreme. He was the leader of this group. He did have the worst sort of situation going on um, at home, but Mm -hmm. it's also, it's not even just about that. It's also just about, you see these in this neighborhood, what it means to belong and what it means to be a part of a community um, for better or for worse sometimes. And that comes, you know, with uh, mayhem and uh, what, what's the other <laughs> Lord kid? Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, they're, they're hilarious. Yeah, they're hilarious, right? But why do they want to be tough, right? Why do they want to like get involved in all this? Why do they want to be called mayhem? Yeah. It's, it's about respect and, and, and appreciation and about finding your place in the world. Yeah, um, it's everything that you're saying is far more interesting than the things that I described as the wet fart, right? Because (laughs) seriously, though, like everything you're talking about Uh speaks to so many different things, so many different themes, so many different commentaries. So interesting compared to what we get at the end of the film. Now, 
I don't like the chanting for Moses at the end of the film. Uh-huh. Uh, I really don't because it's completely unearned. And as far as we know, only five people saw these aliens pretty much. So where did all these people come from that were cheering it? Like we should have at least seen people seeing this thing mm. because the whole film is pretty much no one seeing it. Right. Like that's like the whole thing. Yeah. And so that, that, that feels unearned just from like a story perspective, not mm. really a messaging perspective. Um, but I'm with you. Like all that is so interesting and there's so many things that we dug into and I would rather, that's why I, I like subtle messaging yeah. better than the ham-fisted stuff. Every and time. I think that's, that's why ultimately like, you know, when, whenever Moses says something along the lines of these are aliens sent here, just like the drugs and the guns, that's not the exact quote, but you no, know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's pretty like, much. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's basically what I'm saying. I'm, o- I'm okay with like, exploring that idea like i want to explore that idea but like that almost limits the allegorical meaning of these beasts of these aliens to either drugs or guns like these kids they're growing up with these these other dangers around them right they they obviously are growing up with uh you know the police they're growing up with um drugs (laughs) we already know that with drug dealers you could think about the, these aliens coming in. They could represent a number of things. We don't have to define them. Yes, they could represent drugs themselves. They could represent guns. They could represent trauma, right? Um, yeah. They could represent past, future, dream. Like there's just so many different ways that you could explore this idea, like this external force being a threat to their lives. Yes. We don't have to define it in order to explore mm-hmm. those ideas. Which is why I'm always just so adamant against the heavy handed messaging, because it's like you said, there's just so many things and then people can project their own meanings on the things, which is yeah. just like, that's, I feel like that's like the point of a lot of messaging is people be able to find their own meanings of things. And you can't do that when it's spelled out for you. Right. Right. Yeah, I know. I agree. I, th- I think there's a time and a place for, for messaging, but like, I, I would rather you be a little bit more subtle and a fictional piece for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, anyway, on MVM plus today over at patreon.com slash MVM pod, we talk a little bit about heavy handed messaging, Alex, I would say <laughs> <laughs> we start off a little bit with uh, talking a brief moment about Godzilla singular point, which we haven't yet seen. Uh, but then Alex makes a claim that I found outrageous about the Oscars, which <laughs> I, I had to get into the discussion because I thought it was such an outrageous claim. Um, and then we just go on on a rant about the Oscars for a little bit. But I find myself, much to my chagrin, defending <laughs> the Oscars, which doesn't <laughs> feel right. But Alex's take is so extreme that you just have to hear it. So as you heard it here, <laughs> Eric defended the Oscars. That's <laughs> over at patreon.com slash pod. You can become a bargain base mite. Well, Alex, I think we should get into our awards though. Let's do it. Coolest character award? Who'd you have? I gotta go with high hats. <laughs> high hats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a one man army, man. Okay, yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> the elevator scene. <laughs> yes, the elevator exactly. You you're speaking for exactly why. Like when that happens, you're like, there's no chance. Like, he's dead. Yeah. No chance. And sure enough, unscathed, he's mm. just covered in everyone else's blood. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I else. remembered from this movie. Like, when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy lives. 
<laughs> like oh, he's the man. one. I remembered that. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, that is awesome. Like in terms of cool, what is cooler than a elevator door opening and you standing there covered in other people's blood after murdering some aliens? Uh, I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, good I for you, Hans, for making it as far as you did. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to choose Moses, uh, <laughs> and he's he's awesome, I think. But you he know, is. there was another character I really liked, oh. uh, which is Pest. Uh, you know, he's the little white guy who at one point says that he's crapping his pants, but absolutely having a great time, right? He's like, this, this is kind of awesome, which is a little ridiculous. But he's also <laughs> the one that's re- willing to reach out a bit and build a bridge between Sam and Moses' crew. Yes. Uh, and I like that uh, about him. Because of his character, though, I will tell you, like his character is diminished by the other... I, th- this is the guy, I can't remember his name right now, by the white stoner guy. Um, oh yeah, he's he to me is the weakest character. He doesn't yeah, need to be uh, in the movie. Honestly, uh, I forgot he was in the movie until exactly. you said that. He does not need to be in the movie. I think, uh, yeah, I think this Pest, whole thing is exposition explaining why the aliens are being the way they are. That's it. That's it. That's which is not only necessary. Moment. We don't which need. It's not necessary. Exactly. That's not necessary. We could have had. One of those, yeah, we could have had them find that out themselves with the blacklight room. Oh, exactly. You know, like they could have been like, oh my gosh, like what is this? And then like that's what maybe that's why they're coming for him. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. exactly. Exactly. It doesn't have to be the scientific explanation. We don't need that. I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, what about your uh, most memorable line award? Well, this this was another character we haven't talked about yet, but I like this one more than <laughs> Stoner too. Guy, and this was Nick Frost as Ron. Uh, I mean, Ron's weed room is pretty hilarious. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like you, because you, you can just picture it. Like you just think, like, yeah, this is probably pretty. Like this, this is true. <laughs> 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 this guy Ron <laughs> with this weed room. Yes. Um, he, so he, this is whenever he's looking out with his binoculars out and uh, he's talking to the stoner guy and uh, he's like trying to report like what he's seeing. He's like, Oh, F me. And the guy's like, what, what, what? Blockbusters <laughs> are shut down. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, it's <laughs> but good. It, it got a cackle out of me just like it did right there. So I liked it. <laughs> what about you, man? Um, yeah, mine's gotta be, uh, Oh man, I'm blanking on who said it. I think it was actually uh, Dennis who said it. He, yeah, he, I think it he, is. He wrecks the car and he says, "Sorry about the driving. I'm getting lessons for Christmas." <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. like, there were other, there were other good lines. I like that this movie wasn't afraid to do pop culture references. You know? Yeah, like I, yeah, yeah. You have the like 13 days later. Or 28 days later. Uh, and you've got, you know, Moses got shanked by Dobby. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, these types of lines just cracked me up. Um, I, I like that. It's very, it shows its time and place, but I think that makes sense it with does. this type of movie. Yeah, I'm always mixed on lines like that. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's like you said, it, it, it dates it immediately. Yeah. But it's also like, is that a bad thing? I don't no, know. It depends on the movie. I think this is the type of movie it works for. Um, you're yeah. going to look back at this movie and be like, yeah, that was a movie of its time and place. And I think that's okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. What about your uh, Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, no, real quick, actually, because I'm, I'm just I'm thinking about this now. Okay. <laughs> I think 
another movie. I, maybe it's like a, a traditional like superhero movie. You might be like, oh, that that's not going to work in like 10 years. No one's going to know what you're talking about. Yes. Right. Um, and I understand that because that makes sense. Like you're like this movie, people are going to watch, you know, in 15 years as part of like this Marvel uh, series. And they're going to have no idea about that cultural reference right there. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas you're watching Attack the Block. If, you, if you're going back 20 years to watch Attack the Block, you might recognize that there are going to be some things that you don't understand. But that is built for that sort of nostalgia cult classic type of movie, right? Mm-hmm. Versus more of a wide appeal, just trying to get a quick sort of laugh in like a Marvel movie or superhero movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you I, agree? I, yeah, I think, I think that's a reasonable summation. Yeah. Um, what about you can't believe the acting award? Uh, mine's gonna be Franz Drema as Dennis. Okay, <laughs> I, I liked him. I liked him. I, I know you didn't, but uh, I actually did like him, and I I, I like that like he tries to go and like um <laughs> avenge his dog after oh, it's yeah. killed. Yeah, and then I I just think he's like a really enjoyable character, and I do feel bad for him when he dies. Yeah, I, no, I feel but really I'm also bad like I also think like he's a complete idiot. Again, they're kids, I know. But he's a complete idiot when he doesn't realize it's a pop cap gun yeah. and not a real gun. I'm yeah. like, come on. Like, he would know. He would know. He would know. Uh, <laughs> but the other thing about Dennis, I, here, here's what I was saying. It's not that I didn't like him as a character. I think he was the least sympathetic. He was built mm. that way. Um, like He was the least willing to kind of accept Sam. Right? He's like, no, get it. Like, stay that's away true. from us. But I think that's like, reason you shouldn't have killed him but like he was the first to be killed of their crew and he was the least like sympathetic and that kind of made me like ah, i didn't love that um just because it was the easiest to kill him because it's funny, audience... i like it's funny that i liked him more than you did and i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have no sympathy for the kids but you like the one that's the least sympathetic yes exactly <laughs> exactly oh man <laughs> what about you? so mine was tia uh, played by Danielle Vitalis. She was one of the girls uh, in the Is she apartment. the main one that interacts with one. them? Like, yes. like, kind of calls yes. them out? She's excellent. Yeah, she's excellent. Um, she also just has like a moral backbone uh, to her. And she calls Moses out. And you could tell like she's done this before. Um, but yeah, also she just seems like a real person. Uh, it was like, did they just... Like they found, they must have found like an actress right here, like on set, because she just seemed like perfect part of this world um, that was built. I wish she had a bigger role, honestly, because she really did a great job with what she was given. So uh, I thought she was great. She was good, um, and 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 really, she's the one that kind of starts her calling them out. Suggests that there is more to all of them. Then oh, yeah. they've already like let on like because she's disappointed in them because I I like that because the the implication that they are better than that oh, that yeah. they you know they're kids yeah mugging somebody um the stand it's what about your standout effect it's award? not good no <laughs> no it's, it's really good. bad it's like the worst thing they've ever done right is what it seems like, like well it seems like they've done it multiple times though that's the problem I, I don't know. It seemed, I don't know. I thought it was like, this is like, uh, if not the first time, one of the very first times they've done it because it seemed out of character. Like whenever like Tia was surprised, right. Um, 
that they were doing mm. that. So maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, yeah, you could be right. Oh. Uh, what about your standout effect award? So my mine had to go to one of the eating scenes, uh, the alien eating scenes. But hi hats one was just kind of the coolest. <laughs> like his face is ripped off. I mean that's <laughs> yeah. It was gruesome. It was. But gruesome. I, I kind of like the practicality of it. It was kind of like goofy looking too. It is goofy looking, but yeah. like again, like that kind of adds into this element, like this campy sort of element in this film that's of its moment. Where you look back at some of those horror elements. And you just appreciate them for what they are, you know, like they, they're over the top a little bit, um, especially gruesome. They wouldn't necessarily fit in this movie if this movie um, was a little bit, a little bit like trying to be PG-13. It's not though. Like it's not trying to do that at all. Um, So it works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. What about Um, you? Mine was the way they did the monster mouth. I mm. love the green glowing mouth. And then it yeah. looks like eyes when the mouth is closed. So cool. Yeah. It's so cool. It, it, you know, this is definitely a memorable monster despite being super simple. Oh, yeah. There's not anything to it. It does look like someone just running around in like a gorilla suit almost with a giant green mouth. Yeah. And it is so cool. Dude, they had to have like a pretty small budget for this film. Oh, you they know? Did. Yeah. There's like. For I mean, did you did did, did you impressive. see? I was just like, did you see the female? Of course they did. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they had a very very small budget, but they like did. considering they made it what work. they did. Yeah, they, you make it work, man. Like you don't necessarily need a more complex design than what they had. No. They had just what they needed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we overcomplicate things in our we movies. Do. I think we definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> what about your? Oh, that's a good shot award. Uh, there's a team up shot early on mm-hmm. where they're all pulled up side by side. They're not quite backlit because backlit implies, I guess, that they're all completely black from the front. Mm. But they're they're their their shadows are approaching the camera. Yeah, and it, it's just you know a good hero moment. Even yeah. though at that time they were not heroes at all to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. What um, about you? So I. Actually, the shot that I first thought about was towards the beginning, whenever they're first attacking, uh, like the first alien, and Moses goes to kill it. It's like this reverse sort of ET shot, right? You kind of got that weird lighting, and then they all just charge into this like playground, um, outdoor little playset playground, and kill it, and then they come out. It's like reverse ET. If you remember that scene where we first get ET, and there's the weird lighting and fog, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, I like that. I like that shot a lot. Like it just kind of establishes this tone. But the coolest shot is that shot behind Moses in Rod's weed room right mm-hmm. before he charges out. There's just that slow zoom in and then he pulls out the sword and he's got the alien strapped to its back and the music starts and it's just so cool. It is. And that was actually my chosen shot. Yeah, that's what I would have picked, but I saw you picked it. Yeah. That's the best one. Oh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> All right, man. Well, a time for our rating and ranking. No real ranking this time, but does it deserve its place in mm. our Elite Eight? That is the question um, that I pose to you. Yeah. And I'll start us off. I, I think Attack the Block is full of fun. And I think its characters uh, are ones that at least I cared about. Um, Neely actually started watching this film with me because she just became intrigued. Maybe it was the music <laughs> that she said, um, yeah. but it was just it was just a change of pace 
for us, honestly. I don't know if we can call this a giant monster movie, hardly, but uh, I'm glad that that it made this poll. I do think it deserves its place. I think it's unique. I think it's of its time. Uh, I think it showcases a group of characters that we don't normally see in monster movies um, mm-hmm. and characters that I am glad that we got to like peer into a bit of their lives. So for me, this movie is a, is a movie that I like. I think it's good. Uh, and so that means it's a 3.5 out of 5. Um, so I definitely think it deserves its place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this one is actually better than I remember it being. Uh, but I do, you know, I do have some real issues with it. That, you know, with how the film hit, made me feel about the characters initially versus how they ended up being. There is growth, but I don't know if it's enough. While, and while I love the brisk runtime, I really. I really had some problems. Like I I would have liked a little bit longer to make me more sympathetic for these characters. Hmm. And I don't know if them being young is enough of a, just like it is in like in real life, but in terms of a movie, I don't know if it's enough for, to flip my opinion completely on them. I do think we got enough from Moses for my opinion to change on him. Um, But I I think we could have used, maybe even five more minutes to just develop these guys, maybe having more moments of them. Like when they go into their apartment, like moments like that, like these really small moments that give us a glimpse into more depth to these characters. I would have really liked. Yeah. But again, I still like the characters, even though like, I'm not completely sympathetic for them. Um, and I like the vibe from the music to the setting, to the monsters with green mouths. Like it's really cool. Like this is a pretty unique movie and I think it definitely deserves points for that. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of five for me. I thought you might go lower, Alex. No, I enjoyed it. I just, anytime a movie's ham fisted message is present, I'm really turned off Mm. and I, I I probably harped on it too much in this one, but (laughs) it's, it's like you, it's the fact that the subtlety is already there and all the cool juicy stuff is already there, but we decided to almost forget about it in lieu of some almost less interesting in the way they're presented. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see I see what you're saying. I just think the juicy stuff is still there. And like that's the stuff that really intrigues me more. There I can ignore a couple of ham fisted moments. Not ignore it. Obviously I brought them up. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I can let it slide. Uh because yeah, I mean it's 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 what it is what it is, right? Like this is um it's not gonna be a perfect film. I, I could wish for it to be a perfect film. It's pretty is made on a budget, right? You can t- it's 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 balancing. Think about all the tones this film is balancing. And mm-hmm. I think it does it really well, right? Um yeah, there's a couple of those moments, but overall, like I think it's I think it's a good movie. Uh, oh, it, was it, better, is. it was it's better than I remembered it. Like, I was like, this this is a good movie. <laughs> it yeah. It's it nothing is a I can movie. show Theo for a little while, but <laughs> <laughs> no not for a while but it's interesting no. yeah it's like this, <laughs> i wouldn't recommend it to a lot of people either uh like my parents wouldn't like this movie necessarily but i think i think it's a pretty good movie <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean it's, it's one i would recommend to a lot of people but not everyone yeah and i think last week i said i would recommend troll hunter to everyone i think i misspoke but i would <laughs> recommend did. it i, like, I would still yeah. recommend it to a lot of people <laughs> this is the same way it's not something i would recommend to everyone 
Um, mostly I, because I don't feel like it would be for everyone. What I, what I'm saying is I wouldn't recommend it to everyone just because of the maybe some of the language and violence for some people. Um, see, I, I I could just see it being uninteresting. Like, oh, see, I think for some for some people, I'm not saying me. I'm just saying other people. I think most people would prefer this film over Troll Hunter. Oh, as far yeah. As ter- in terms well, yeah, of like just because being you don't have to read subtitles. You don't uh, have to read well, subtitles. not just that. I just think that the entertaining <laughs> aspect of like like it's yeah. very fast paced. Um, you're getting mm-hmm. right to it, like. You've got a bunch of kids, like, and you have a, mis- a mystery at the at, in the middle of it. Most people are going to be intrigued more by this film than they are by Troll Hunter. Not saying it's a better movie, even though I rated it better. I think it is, <laughs> but uh, I think most people will be more intrigued by Attack the Block than Troll Hunter. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Cool. All right. Uh, well, Alex, as we said, next week it's either the Meg or Underwater. Mm. Um, you have any rhymes for the Meg versus underwater? Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think of another one. I'll just go ahead and go, and we'll see what happens. Um, so ne- next week, we'll either find out if the Meg has legs or if underwater is nothing but fodder. Mm, there we go. There, there we go. go. Landed it. Landed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, mine's not any better. It's will the Meg chomp down on underwater? Or will Kristen Stewart drown the shark? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was wonderful. Oh, man. Was... So, so good. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, as always, you can follow us on socials at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, we're Alex Cornette and Eric Neely. Email us, mvmpod at gmail.com, or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content. And if you feel so led, do leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monster vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try to to stay alive. Ah, F me. Blockbusters (laughs) are shut down. (laughs) 